Hey, 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 hey. Hey. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hi. We got Nick. I'm here. And we got Greg. Hello. Mm-hmm. And we got Jay. Hi. That's you. <laughs> that's, that's, that's you, buddy. <laughs> that means we're ready to get started with another absolutely fantastic episode of You Should Check It Out. 58. Is it up to 58 already? 58. Is the counter at 58? Holy smokes. 58. Wow. Holy smokes. Time keeps rolling on. If that's not a song, it should be. Note mm-hmm. it. It is note now. It. Uh, <laughs> well, folks, we got, we, got, we got a lot of stuff to get through today. We got a, yes. I, I think we got a kind of special episode for you. Something yeah. a little bit... Uh, Thematic. Off- the There's a theme yeah. here. There's a yeah. theme. Yeah. What a concept. <clears throat> All right. Exactly. The new goal for season two is cohesion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we'll get there one of these days. Yeah, Starting maybe. today. Starting tonight. Perfect. So with that in mind, let's get things rolling, boys. What do you say? Do it. Let's do it. You should check it Mm-hmm. That's right. It's You Should Check It Out. It's episode 05858. My name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. And boys, let me tell you, we got a fantastic episode, and uh, we just got so much stuff to get to. Enough with the pleasantries. Nick, what do you got for us this week, sir? Yes, so before I play my song, I have a song ready, but um, my wife Trish sent me an article that I I just wanted to kind of bring up really quickly. Um, This guy, Mark Geiger, made a prediction. This is a a music executive. Uh, He made a prediction Uh that live entertainment is is going to come back harder and faster and bigger than it ever has been ever just like it was in the in the 1920s the roaring 20s are going to be the 2020s again his his whole analogy is that like the 1918 influenza pandemic which led to the roaring 20s which historically is not why the roaring 20s happened but whatever <laughs> um hmm. a- anyway so I, I thought about this and i was like you know what this prediction this is worth a really quick mention because because we're going to get to a point where there's a vaccine and some people are going to take it and all of it's going to come down to whether you feel safe or not. And it's going to be yeah, a feeling. Right. And getting this kind of stuff out there where people are thinking about going out as soon as this joint kind of wraps itself up or things are right, a little yeah. bit more under control, that's what we need. We need a lot more of this. So I just yes. wanted to toss that one out there before I give my music selection. No, and it's a really so, cool article. I, and and as you said before we started, it's really not based on anything other than this guy's like own opinion yeah but hey i'm willing to take that at this point because i i i actually i i adhere to it and greg i'm interested to know what you think about it too because i'm just really excited i'm so excited for music to be played live again Again, every musician that i know feels that way and everyone that enjoys live music is just aching to get back to it oh yeah i mean this has been torture you know and i mean totally I mean, I mean, actual torture. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm seeing people's like careers get completely derailed. You know, like people are hanging on by a thread. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much impossible right now to survive as a musician. I mean, unless you have other income streams, mm-hmm. which yeah. you know, I think that being a musician in this day and age, you absolutely had to before this pandemic. Yeah. Um, I, for myself, uh, I can say that I teach. I know other friends who have started pedal companies or like they uh, they tech. They do other things, you know, to get by. Even people who are known, yeah, you know, um, yeah, it's just a tough business, man. And eight, I think the average is eighty-five percent of most musicians' income is from touring, 
And wow. so the, the touring business being completely annihilated, um, you can imagine what kind of damage that does. Heck yeah. So there's obviously more than just, you know, in, in, uh, in my community, you know, in our community, but like specifically the, the people who are depending on this to live, you know, there's yeah. a lot of stress, you know, a lot of, um, I mean, depression might be a strong word and I can't speak for everyone, but I know it's there, it's out there. Yeah, um, yeah. Darn so, near an economic depression, if anything, right? For real. And for, so yeah, for that this industry. kind of optimism is definitely, it provides a ray of sunshine. I'm always, I've been trying to stay optimistic about this the, the whole time and um, cautiously and, you know, without breaking any of the rules. So I had, I had some dates this summer that were booked. One of them didn't end up happening and as a result it was kind of the anchor date of the tour so that whole tour fell apart mm -hmm. but now we've got some new dates in october long story short i'm pretty confident those are going to happen they're kind oh. of in the rust belt um mm -hmm. so this is sort of the middle of the country people are uh, taking a little bit of a different attitude they will still be uh there will still be rules uh, mm -hmm. at these shows i believe at least one of them is outdoors the other ones are going to be very socially distanced etc but yes you know, to make a long story short, this is definitely a uh, array of optimism that I haven't seen in a while. So it's Sweet. definitely nice to hear. And I'm yeah. glad you guys are feeling positive about it, too. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Excellent. So what does this lead to then? Like, Thank you very much. We're going to see a, a, a resurgence of music and interest in music and live music. What does that lead to? Is there any historical precedence there, Nick? <laughs> for the oh oh you mean like what comes after the 20s <laughs> yeah we don't have to let's not take his uh, prediction all the way to the yeah oh okay. another wars are coming <laughs> yeah yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> no well, i was I, trying no, to I, set you up for what we're going to talk about for the rest of the show ah i ah. see what you were doing there <laughs> yeah 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 well Apology Just for that. Thought. Missing missing that second. Although you, you might be right about the war, though. You might be right about the war. You heard it here yeah. first. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 time out. <laughs> mm. Okay, back to it. All right. No, let me do this. Let me let me go ahead and play my song because I, I okay. that was that was due right after the stinger. So okay, I want to play. Um, this is a live performance uh, of Uncle Meat by mm. Frank Zappa. Mr. Zappa. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah.
Thank well, you very much. Good. That was out there. It was yeah, out that was, there. That was all the notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just about, just about. Why'd you pick that? There, so Mr. this Nick. week, guys, this week, guys, our theme comes from, uh, actually, Greg. Greg's suggested topic led to the theme for the show, uh, which yeah. is avant-garde music. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. The music it's weird. is the weird stuff. avant Yes. Yep. Yep. That's, that's exactly what we did in college when yes. we had to make fun of the entire University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Music. <laughs> da 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 da. Yep. So I, I thought I thought I would real quick run down like what what classified as avant garde, like where that kind of came from, real quick. Um, yeah. And then we can uh, we can kind of jump into it. So obviously avant garde is weird. Um, yes. Avant garde <laughs> as it applies to music. So the whole avant garde movement came out of France, of course, right? Of course. Um, and it was a hey. way. F- we, we. <laughs> it was a. Uh, it was a way to. It was a basically seen as a, um, uh, a uh, an experimental, radical, or, or an unorthodox way to push for cultural change within a society. Okay. It was kind of the premise, and it was taken by artists of all trades and and, uh, and taken like in its kind own of, regard. This mm-hmm. is kind of post post First World War, right? Is yes. that kind of the era that we're talking about that this came out of? Yeah. Hmm. Um, so actually, around the time, probably of the of the nineteen eighteen uh, influenza pandemic, because hmm. um, mm-hmm. I think I think it was coming through even before World War One. But the music side of it, right, was also like late teens, early nineteen twenties, mm-hmm. and as it as it was applied to to music, it became a way to deliberately challenge or or alienate audiences. That yes. became kind of yeah. the the known the common thread. That connected mm. avant-garde was pushing the envelope, whether that be uh, outside of the twelve-tone, the, the standard Western twelve-tone um, scale, or rhythmically, or mm-hmm. or modifications of instruments, or what actual instruments were being played, or what what's even an instrument. Um, all of these questions were kind of handled by the avant-garde music movement, and. Something. Right. Thank it, you, Bird Clock. Thank you very much, Bird Clock. <laughs> he agreed, and it has echoes in like the Dada movement in art, right? And some of the the other kind of like nihilistic artistic movements that that kind of bloomed after the after the First World War. Right, right. Um, and there's famously there's so Stravinsky is um, is 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 categorized. Some of his work is categorized as as, as avant garde because of the way that audiences reacted to it. I think it was the Firebird Suite that, when it was first performed, the audience like like ran from the theater screaming, <laughs> That's right. uh, in, in like fury, just ran out of the theater, just in, enraged that they had paid money to see this drivel, um, <laughs> or had, that their ears could be so offended. Um, yeah. And so, and and honestly, I mean, there's there's elements of it that 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 have obviously carried forth all the way to today. Zappa was very influenced by um, by an avant garde composer named Edgar Varese. Um, who only had and like Stravinsky, and Stravinsky. And, oh yeah, oh absolutely, yes. yeah. Continue, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, in in the in the sixties and seventies, it was jazz, and like the eighties, um, there were cultural critics that categorized elements of hip hop as being basically the, the remnants that remained of, of avant garde. But really, yeah. it was a it was a pushback to to the current societal and, and cultural norms, um, with the intent of making somebody feel uncomfortable, so as to point out. Uh, yeah. in some in, in some to some artists the intent was to point out things that they saw as problems and make you uncomfortable about so 
Right. That, that covers a lot of kind of the stuff that we've talked about. Well, it, um, it, it, it does. And, and just saying, you know, we're going to talk about avant-garde music. I mean, that's right. just such a broad spectrum, you know. Yeah. And yeah, we're talking yeah. about a century's worth of music and before mm-hmm. that as well. But I, I think for you and me, Nick, we've talked many times on this podcast about how we met Greg and our first year of, at College Park. Mm-hmm. After that first year, Nick and I moved on. We went to the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. We went there to pursue a degree in, in uh, recording technology. Mm-hmm. We, we fancied ourselves music engineers. And uh, what we didn't know at the time is that the music department at UMBC was really unique. Google was young. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What we didn't know is that the, the entire UMBC music school had been built around the, idea, the premise of promoting, quote-unquote, new music. Right. Or basically promoting avant-garde music in the 21st century, mm-hmm. you know, and that was something that, I don't know, it, we went there to get, to learn how to use a studio, so we couldn't care less, really, mm-hmm. but <laughs> <laughs> what we had to do as music majors is, is, is attend these forums, you know, each week we had to attend so many concerts mm-hmm. um, given by the, by the students at UMBC, and of course, since the school was based around quote-unquote new music, we would go to see these concerts that were just like one guy clapping on a stage for like 20 minutes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, yep. or some guy, I, some guy deconstructing a clarinet and then like, you know, playing a tuba while he took a poop or on the telling clarinet, a story you know, like, <laughs> about a childhood trauma or something like that. Yeah. Right. And, oh, and it, it went into the ridiculous. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and we of course made a lot of fun of that. We had oh, a that lot of fun. Yeah. You guys, you guys, really? I know uh-huh. it's hard you to too? believe. You too? Hmm. I don't know. But about those, that. I, I can only speak for myself. But the, like, the things that I learned at UMBC, the root, like the, the the tendrils, definitely sunk in to me. Yeah. And I have a deep appreciation for avant-garde music of all different kinds. Yeah. Now because absolutely. of that, mm-hmm. and and cool. and the breadth and the depth of it. So yeah, I just wanted to to touch on that and and say where we came from from that background we've always we've always shared a uh, a common uh, aspect of our personalities in that in faced with discomfort we choose humor um so yeah that was <laughs> it, it did its purpose in that it made us uncomfortable um and <laughs> then we ridiculed it and and right. mm-hmm. a couple times we're asked to leave so yeah well, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> we, we, we've mentioned this story before and this is pre-UNBC right before you guys left but uh you know I remember going up to to see uh, see what you guys were up to, I come up to your room, and you were listening to that weird Lou Reed album. That's just noise, <laughs> metal, metal machine yeah. music. Yeah. And but 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 what was funny is like when I came in, I was like, "Hey guys, what's up?" And you guys were like, "Shh." <laughs> 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 you guys just listen to. This. I'm like, "What are we listening to? What's that noise?" <laughs> well, for me, it's kind of like it was my way to be a rebel. Like I was never a punk kid, right? And I was yeah. never a metal guy. I was right. never like into rebellious music. I like Hootie and the Blowfish and Dave Matthews Band in high school, right? Oof. But so it was once I found avant-garde music and really found some stuff to dig my teeth into. That was my way of being a rebel. Mm-hmm. You know, that was That's my cool. way of, of of saying I, you don't understand this, but I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. So f- you, right, 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 right. Which is how we started most conversations. Yeah, basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the real reason yeah. Jay, uh, that Greg came in was because the whole dorm had asked somebody to come in and ask them to shut it off. 
Problems. That's some loud. So I don't know, Greg. Greg, what are some of your uh, favorite avant-garde composers, musicians? What What are you into? Um. Well, you know, I mean, as far as as far as uh, the avant-garde, it really it depends. I mean, there's you know, Zappa. All of a, you mm-hmm. know was was definitely a, an, an introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, I would th- I would say one of my personal favorites, and I mean, this is just really off the cuff, but. Um, when I listen to, to someone like Square Pusher, oh, okay, yeah, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I I feel like he's pushing. He he goes as hard as possible in that direction sometimes. Just mm-hmm. challenge, just you know, it's like I I, I listen to it. I'm like, I, 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 there's nobody I can think of that I can play this for. <laughs> yeah, I think this I think this is awesome. But right. nobody I know will appreciate this. I love John Coltrane's free stuff yeah. or Ned yeah. Coleman. Um, Sun Ra. Coleman, yeah, Sun Ra is uh, actually something that I've gotten into more and more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic. Um, my brother, Austin, who's been on the show, has actually had me to some Sun Ra. That's been really cool. But yeah, def- def- just definitely the idea of... Uh, you, know, you know who else, man? Um, Mr. Bungle. Ha. Oh, yeah. I'm so yeah. glad you brought that up, man. Mike Patton. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I don't mean to derail this, but like I, no, I, a big shout please. out to one of my hometown friends, the guy that I grew up with down the street from, and, and that introduced me to Nick as our mutual friend, Dirk Maurer. Dirk Maurer, yeah. And he's an incredible guy, and he used to play bass in our band in high school. Cool. And um, I'll never forget the day I went down to his house, and you know his, he had two older brothers. Who introduced him to a whole bunch of like really really cool music, mm-hmm. music that we had no business like being. Mm-hmm. Mm. We weren't hip enough to be like entered into this band, but it gave him like an insight into like here's some cool music. But I remember he he went to Camelot Music or Disc Jockey or some you know the Wall, the Wall whatever mall music store there was, and he said yeah. So I went in today and I decided that I was just gonna pick a random CD just going to thumb through it just going to close my eyes and pick a random cd and the album that he came out with was disco volante uh, by mr bungle that's the weirdest one and i'm not kidding you man that album scared me <laughs> yes but that's the point that exactly yeah. exactly yeah exactly I, yeah. I, and I'm, I'm i'm talking like i was like a middle schooler high schooler i wasn't scared but it was no. weird music. I hadn't ever heard anything like this before, and yeah, I had no right. context. I didn't know who these people were. I didn't know right. what a Mr. Bungle was. Like, I just, all yeah. I knew was like this, like the artwork on it with like this crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, it was all so foreign to me, and it yes. was like off-putting enough to be like, "Whoa, that's really cool." Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that just yeah. stuck with me, man. I love that. Like, album. I have now. no idea what's going on, and I kind of love that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly, yep. exactly. Yeah. And so um, that that was definitely my entry into it. And then you know, since then I've heard a, heard a, a bunch of different things. Um, Anthony um, Braxton. You guys ever listen to Anthony? Tony Braxton? I hope mm-hmm. I, no, not Tony Braxton. <laughs> oh, oh. I've heard of Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> Kiedis? Yeah, Anthony Kiedis. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, anyway, a lot of different jazz artists. Oh, Miles Davis. Actually, Right. Oh, sure. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember. I remember hanging out with my buddy Steve Bark, and he played me a Black Beauty, which is a live Miles Davis record. Totally mm-hmm. off off the wall, man. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, actually, uh, since we're talking about jazz and you know these and the avant garde, 
I actually thought, you know, we lost another Titan, mm-hmm. another Titan this yeah, we week. Did. Okay, so bassist Gary Peacock, mm-hmm. 85 years old, passed away. We didn't yeah. know for sure. Basically, what happened is, uh, so Gary Peacock is best known for being the bassist in one of the all-time best jazz trios, piano trios, mm-hmm. which is the Keith Jarrett trio keith jarrett gary peacock and jack dejeanette so i think two days ago jack dejeanette put up on his uh twitter we've lost gary and da 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 you know we wish his family well and everyone and so everyone started sharing that that tweet then got deleted and then it was all all of a sudden it was like did he pass away and then there was it, it dawned on everybody that there was another gary peacock that passed away it's like possible that maybe the they missed it just, yeah. Or, it was just, yeah. And so people were kind of like, well, what's going on? But now, to, as of this morning, there was an NPR obituary about Gary Peacock. So I'm going to go ahead and say uh, that it's, it's the real deal. Yeah, and yeah. it's sad. But let's put it, putting it brightly, it's unlike Riley Gale from Power Trip, who we talked about last week, who died at 34. Gary Peacock was 85 <clears throat> years old, 85. lived a very full life. Absolutely. Tons of, like, you know, tons of recordings. Dude, I, I actually was looking up um, his career, but I'd like to tell you more about his stuff. We should play a clip so people can hear how yes, badass yeah. this guy was. Yeah. This is from the Keith Jarrett album, Changes. Cool. Jared, man, so that good. he is the guy that I have just. Oof. I know we're talking about Gary Peacock, but that's a the Keith Jarrett trio playing there. Yes, mm. he is. He is just incredible, dude. I oh, I yeah. love me some Keith Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. My, one of my uh, teachers uh, said to me in col- when I was in college, he was like, "I'm pretty. I'm convinced Keith Jarrett is the best musician of the 20th century." Oh, wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, wow. I, not not that everyone would agree with that, but that's how he His felt. Words. That's how pa- yeah. that's how much of an impact Keith had on him, and uh, yeah, and you know those trio recordings, that one in particular is so great, man. It's called Changes, mm-hmm. um, and I've had it on wax since for over a decade, and I come back to that one all the time. Anytime when I feel like I've got nowhere left to turn, 
I throw that record on, you know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. a heavy one. And uh, it's not like them playing. It's, they're not like playing through standards, you know, mm-hmm. it's really, it's something else. It's transcendent. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it goes into the avant-garde as you can sort of tell from that clip. But well, yeah, um, I was interested, like, you know, I guess there's a form there to those pieces, but I think most people that, that would listen to that would say that's pretty free sounding jazz. I mean, yes, that would that definitely falls into the avant-garde category of jazz wouldn't you agree uh, absolutely and actually you know what so uh, if you look up his npr uh so they did they really went in depth in his obituary and i didn't realize first of all he he gary peacock right we all know him mostly from playing from being the bassist in keith's trio mm-hmm. but i didn't realize he actually subbed for ron carter and miles davis's band in like 1964 oh, wow. Yeah, he also played with in Bill Evans' trio, which I would argue is actually like maybe the one piano trio that's <laughs> better than Keith Jarrett's. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Uh, like uh, just from what I know. Now you may yes. people may come down my throat and be like, you, "That you have no idea what you're talking about." But the best piano trios that I've ever heard so far: Bill Evans, number one; Keith Jarrett, barely number two. Okay. Uh, you know. Sure. So. Um, but they they go on and on and dude, this guy this guy really had an amazing philosophy. It's a really great read. I, I can't just read it verbatim, but I will say that in the late '60s he took a hiatus from music. He studied macrobiotic cooking and meditation and moved to Japan for several years. What? Um, and he came back. That's, he came back and he yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. And I mean, you know, this is after he's like yeah. played with Miles. You yeah, know? and he's just like, yeah, I'm gonna take a break. Yeah. Cross that river. Um, I want to go learn some small one. cooking. What did you yeah. say it was? <laughs> yeah. No, he, no, macrobiotic. Oh. Macro. Large yeah, co- not microbiotic. Co- I see. Okay. <laughs> All right. Lar- large loaves of bread. Yeah. Okay. Large loaves of bread, yeah. <laughs> Massive. Just big meals. The guy was huge. The guy was like They got the biggest ovens in Japan. Yeah. You should see the yeasts he was dealing with. <laughs> oh, my God. You no, know, but he wanted to get out of the way of himself is what it says here and um he tried to facilitate his bandmates to play the best they've ever played and you know that's all you can really do as a musician i think that's right so that's right. you know yeah. rest in peace gary peacock i will be listening to a lot of keith jarrett this week no doubt um yeah but i wanted to talk about that i also wanted to talk about this other story which that dives into or relates to the avant-garde mm-hmm. um Talking about one of our favorite composers, John Cage, <laughs> ah, the, the John mighty, Cage. the mighty John Cage. Yes. Um, for those of you who've never heard John Cage, um, he is one of a kind. Definitely. Um, how, I mean, Jay, how would you put it? I feel like you, you might be able a to boundary explain pusher. It me. Boundary, boundary pusher. pusher, no doubt. Very um, good friends with uh, with Andy Warhol, right? Yeah. Is, I yeah, I could see that. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, the the most famous piece that he, the piece that he is most renowned for is four thirty three. Yeah. Yes. Four minutes and thirty three seconds of silence. Yes. That the performer is supposed to play. Right. So that's just that's that is kind of the touchstone for everyone who's not familiar with avant garde music to look to point at it and say, look at how crazy and stupid avant garde music is. Right. 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 It's form. Yeah. Just because. And the whole idea of the piece is, what does the performer do with that time? Right. Is the performance. Um, right. Which, yes, it, it, John Cage was very good at 
pushing the absurd limits of what what you would be willing to pay for to go see <laughs> yeah. <a> venue <laughs> right. and still call it point. music. Yeah. He it would is? say that's right. He would say that's the point. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, mm-hmm. if you're what does it mean to be in a musical what does it mean to be an audience member in a musical performance where the performer is not performing anything? You paid to go see this. You knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. You paid the money. You, everyone has to sit there for four minutes and 33 seconds in silence. And and, and it, honestly, it's not unlike why people would go see Zappa, which is what crazy stuff is he going to do this time? That's exactly right. Yep. And the people would go see Cage performances because God only knows what kind of nutso stuff he's going to whip up. And it's going to be a fun ride. So, yeah. Right. Was, right. Yep. yep. But this piece in particular, I've heard about it a lot, but it... Yeah, well, Greg, what about John Greg. Cage? What do we... Yeah. Uh, what, what's the story? Well, no, Jay, honestly, Jay, you, you, you should just keep rolling. This piece that, you, that we're talking about, you, you, well, you, you've got it. The the piece that we're talking about is is uh, I think the acronym is A S L S R, or A S L. As yeah, it is. There is that L in it, but as yeah, yeah, as slowly. The, the acronym as, means as as slowly as possible. Mm-hmm. Yes, which is a performance direction for the piece, and uh, the piece has actually been performed before in I think like an hour's time. Basically, it's you know it's a, it's a set of musical notations. There's not a strict measure or meter to it, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's the only direction as far as tempo goes is to be played as slowly as possible. Yeah. So, um, some folks have taken that on and played it in an hour or played it in a day. Well, a church in Germany took on the challenge. God bless those <laughs> as Germans. Only the Germans can. Yeah. And took yeah. it on as an engineering challenge and said, "How long?" Can we actually make this piece last? Right. Yep. So, I, Greg, do you have the technical details like pulled up? Well, so it, it says in 2001, this ambitious group of artists with a lot of time on their hands apparently <laughs> uh, began working. They, they 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 built a specific organ. It's at Saint Burcardi Church in Halberstadt, Halberstadt. Germany. Yeah. They yep. co- they created this organ specifically to play this piece, and it has a scheduled duration of 639 years. Yes, it there does. you go, guys. 639 years. Next time so, you're complaining about the length of one of our podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Which, which <laughs> hey, we'll take any feedback we can get. But this also <laughs> served a dual, dual purpose, which my, my Siri, who's been on the, the show, has, has asked me numerous times what the longest piece of music ever is. Wow. He's asked, like, he's asked this. And, and I, so, it's, yeah, so when you sent that link, I was like, Siri! Siri, I got the answer. Six hundred thirty-nine years. Yeah. <laughs> Currently, that's the current mark. It's like ten generations. So, what's the that's milestone so that just came that just came up? Greg? So basically, it was. <laughs> it was <laughs> they've been holding this one chord for like eight years. <laughs> it's, it's like two. It's about, think, to, yeah. it's about to change yeah, chords. It was a big deal. Yeah, and and so it's gathering a crowd at the church that want to hear the they want to hear the chord change. There's going to be a chord change. There was a chord change. Yeah, there was. Okay, so it happened. It happened. No, it's it's been since 2013. This one chord's been the one chord. Yeah, man. So, but you know what? It's it's funny. It's um. I just had this thought right now that it's it's almost like the way people want to go see like a lunar eclipse or something like that. It's a yeah. It's a lot like that, or like a, a comet that comes around once every yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Or the stinking cicadas that come that are coming back next year. 
Only on Prime years. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> but you know, I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, I gotta bring that up on the podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, Come man. On. But this last Saturday, the the fifth of September, was the last was the uh, most the core recent change. core change. And the next one won't happen until 2066 or something like that. <laughs> I'm serious. Hopefully we'll still, be, we'll, still be, we'll still be doing the podcast then. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> we can make a trip. We can make a pilgrimage. I just want to know what kind of structural thing. I mean, I, they probably didn't. They probably just hoped that this thing would be maintained. But that's that's asking a lot of future generations. <laughs> that's a big, yeah, that's a grand scheme. But if anyone could pull it off, it's the Germans. To my ancestors, yeah. I have a request. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but did you any of you guys uh, watch the live stream? Yeah. No. You did, I did not. Did you? I was oh, going to make let I me was tell you, it was j- eventful. I was going to make a joke that like unbeknownst to our listeners, every episode we've actually had it in the background if you if you just <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. That's right. That's right. That's hilarious. Eagle listeners will recognize that. <laughs> if, you, if you reduce our sound of our noise, of our voices, and yep, you can amplify. That was yeah. the most anticlimactic live stream I've ever seen. Yeah, it was crazy because they've been waiting for eight years for this damn cord to change, right? And they had like hundreds of people filling up this church, and this guy's in front, like explaining the whole the ramifications mm. of the whole thing, you know. <laughs> And how, how serious this <laughs> is. Trying and then it to goes make it like, interesting. It goes, yeah. Yeah, right. And everyone's like, hmm. Was and that then it? that chord goes on for another eight years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Music. Which is like, that's John Cage encapsulated right yep. there. It's yep. just like, Man. well, if you find somebody wacky enough to perform it, I can write it for you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's brilliant. It really is. You know. I mean, you guarantee you guarantee your name's going to be in the news for the next. Yeah, you know, you're going to get some press out of this for the next 600 years. Oh so that's, my god! That's yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, that, no, it's it, it's a it, it's a great concept. And yeah. like you said, like you said, Nick, it's it's the it, it's like the curiosity thing of like, what is the longest piece? And now mm-hmm. we know, 639 yeah. <laughs> years. Unless yeah. somebody can figure out how to play it slower. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So there you go. Uh, cool. That's all I got for you guys. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks, that's man. Great. I, I mean, John Cage has always been one of my favorite composers uh, just because he's just one of those guys that, like, you just, you, I've never met John Cage, obviously, mm-hmm. but I know what kind of person he is. He's the mm-hmm. kind of guy that just likes to. Turn the yeah. screw a little bit and just just f yeah. with authority and just see what he can get away with and I love I love that. Yeah, we um, need more of that. I think so. I think so, especially in today in today's day and yeah. age. Yeah. But uh, the guy I wanted to talk talk about today was a guy that I kind of fell in love. I've known about him for years and years and years, but I kind of just fell in love with him maybe in the last five years or so. But uh, it's a guy Steve Reich, hmm. and he's what's called a minimalist composer mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of like a subgenre of avant-garde and mm-hmm. the whole idea with minimalism is um, creating as much as you can from as little components as you can so in Steve's right Steve Reich's case he tends to take rhythmic ideas and repeat them and layer them in ways to make you experience music differently yeah. so instead of listening to a piece of music as following the chord changes 
as we're used to doing in West, Western harmony, uh, he's asking you to follow a rhythm or a pattern. Mm-hmm. And what I think is so interesting about Steve Reich pieces is that if, you, if you're willing to invest the time to listen to them, because they all sound very simple at first, but if you're willing to invest the time and be open-minded enough to listen to them, you can't help but be interested in what's going on. Well, I mean, it, he, he takes it, it's really the iterations that are interesting, right? Yeah. Because it, it's, it's a repeated pattern where because this is one of his one of the things that he that he's he's known for right is he'll he'll take the pattern and then and at certain time periods make very small iterations and you find yourself you know from where you started in a completely different place by the end yeah but you don't really remember how you got there at that's exactly specific right. point yeah so let me play an example of what I'm talking about. You know, Steve Reich, he was born back in 1936. Uh, he didn't really start doing kind of what we're talking about until the 1960s. Early on, he, he experimented with kind of 12-tone, uh, atonality, but really found himself more interested in, in rhythmic yeah. uh, variances. So he began experimenting in 1963 with sound collages and tape loops. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. one of the first pieces that uh, that he really kind of gained fame for was called "It's Gonna Rain," mm-hmm. and that came out in 1965. And it it features a segment of a sermon by a Black Street Pentecostal preacher named Brother Walter, and it's a it's a, just a little snippet of one of his sermons where he says, "It's gonna rain, and it's gonna rain, and it's gonna rain, and it's gonna rain," and it's three tape loops, and he he plays them slightly out of. Uh, Space. Yeah. The, the, mm-hmm. the three mm-hmm. are slightly uh, out of speed with each other, so mm-hmm. creates weird phase and delays. And a, the next year, he came out with uh, this really famous work called Come Out. Uh, this was in 1966, and this uses a phrase uh, that was recorded by Daniel Hamm, who was one of the Harlem Six, who were one of mm-hmm. the, the falsely mm. accused yes. uh, uh, black men who were accused of murder and brutally beaten New by yeah. New York police. Yeah. Um, so this is this starts as a phrase, and I'll start playing it. It's and it, you'll hear the enti- the phrase in its entirety said twice, and then it goes into the piece. And it starts as two voices that go out of phase to each other, and then it expands to four. But I'll I'll just play the beginning of the piece. The piece is twenty minutes long, or so, uh, and I'm gonna play a piece from the beginning, and then I'll skip forward to let you hear how kind of the piece ends ends up. Mm-hmm. So this cool. is the beginning cool. of Come Out. I had to, like, open the bruise up and let some of the blues blood come out to show them. I had to, like, open the bruise up and let some of the blues blood come out to show them. 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 Come out to show them, 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 come out to show them. So that goes on and it starts to echo 
and repeat mm-hmm. on each other be, just because the two pieces of tape are played out of slightly out of time. Mm-hmm. So it starts making a delay and then makes starts making a reverb and then start makes it this weird flanging effect. And it's really trippy. And then he eventually expands it out into four tape loops doing the same thing and then eight tape loops. So I'm going to play another part uh, towards the end of the piece where it's the full eight loops going on at the same time. And, and hmm. you'll see where it goes. So I'm kind of like I, I'm I'm realizing now listening to this that that makes zero sense out of context, and I totally appreciate that you play that mm-hmm. for anybody out of context, and it's just like why would you ever want to listen to that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the whole thing is investing the time to sit there for 20 minutes to listen to the piece as it unfolds, and that's right. where the beauty is. And I, and until you've done that, I can't really explain it any further than that. Yeah, but it's I don't a journey. Know, right? that's, it's a journey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean. Wow! It, yeah, it's like the dawn of sampling, you know. <laughs> um, a little bit, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and there's uh, even just like the musicality of a repeated phrase, which I, I think is covered in like a Radio Lab episode of some at some yeah. point, I'm sure. But <laughs> um, but like the way that like the sing song nature of the loop occurs, the way that that plays upon itself, and then when he starts adding in the delays, and the way that the sing song nature of that specific repeated phrase gets new legs almost as, yeah, as yeah. like as new echoes or, or new effects kind of come in it it's it is enjoyable i i i have yeah. no i have no qualms saying that so it, it yeah. does seem absurd that you would spend that time to listen to it if you only and, and listen to like that piece but it, it's not it, it's, exactly it's, that's yeah I'm, I'm so glad you said that because i'm not saying like just just sit here and listen to it as an academic exercise. Right, right. Like, it, it is an enjoyable piece of music mm-hmm. if you listen. Yeah. If you just allow yourself to become invested in it and be open-minded right. about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And, and what your head does, right? I, I mean, Jay, you're into meditation, right? So, like, the places that you can kind of allow your mind to go in those yeah. moments, I imagine, is what it's like to actually properly meditate. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I haven't gotten there yet. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, know, I at, know in my experiences, it's like uh, there's a mantra you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, exactly. you know, so it's like, it's, it's, it's harder for things to sort of distract you when you have this repetition, repetition going, it's almost like a, your, your mind becomes like a kitten playing with a ball of yarn. You're just like <laughs> yeah. zoomed in on this one thing, you know? And so like all this other stuff just starts to melt away. Yeah. Um, so, and it's also, it's, it's interesting because you start to, when you hear a phrase like that, so, so repeated so often, you start to hear a melody when it's like, that's what know, I mean. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like the sing song nature of the phrase. Yep. And you start, the melody starts to kind of like extract. Oh man, I'll, I'll, I'll dance and yeah. do like coming up yeah. beats and stuff like that. <laughs> but yeah, like, absolutely. It, it also reminds me like, I mean, just talking about the avant-garde and sort of like where we are now with uh, like social media, someone who's really taken advantage of, of that is, uh, I don't know how popular he is, but he's not an unknown. His name is Mono Neon. You guys ever heard of him? Mm-mm. He's a bass player. He's uh, he's amazing, and he actually was. Well, I think he might have been Prince's last bass player. Okay. And okay. Uh, he will put on like uh, if Cardi B goes on a rant about her <laughs> or something like that, but uh-huh. he thinks it's funny. He will like 
transcribe her <laughs> rant about her and then like play along with it and it's just like and it's just wow. it's just mind-blowing because you're like how the hell do you transcribe you know, someone's voice you know what's you know? funny is there was just a there was an ai generated oh you know that, adam about, ne- jay? that adam yeah. yeah video yeah where, where where he, try, uh, he yeah took, didn't you send that around jay yeah there was like a it it, it was a fake deep fake of jay-z saying like, something like was, giving it was some kind of speech given oh no by it was a, a fake sniper. rap it was a fake it was like a it was like a fake rap taking jay-z as like the input for this ai engine it was all jay-z's material and it was asked to generate a new piece of yeah like, right. like chorus or phrase like or something it sounds like jay-z like just spouting off this crazy like tirade about guns and killing people Mm-hmm. But then Adam Neely and he took a bunch of musicians and they a ton they, of YouTube musicians, yeah. They, they constructed a melody from it and they played along to it. It was really really neat. Yeah, yeah. that was just a couple well, of and, 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 and how and how asynchronous it was to any real speech was what was so was so interesting. How difficult it was because it didn't follow right. any of the normal patterns that we use when we speak. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and the other one, Jay. I mean, the, the, who's the guy who who announced that he was that he was done? That the dementia piece that you brought up uh, uh, about oh, a month caretaker. or two ago. Oh, the caretaker. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's yes. definitely pushing. That's that's in yep. the same vein. Of, yeah. It, yeah, no the doubt. same kind of realm of of music that I'm talking about. And another interesting one is Gavin Bryars. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys have ever checked him out. Have not. But he has a uh, a famous piece called "The Wreck of the." of the titanic which is kind of more of a it's like a long form piece it's very slow moving it's very beautiful but there's this one piece called jesus hasn't failed me yet and what he does is he takes this audio snippet of a drunk guy on the streets in britain singing him singing this old hymn jesus hasn't failed me yet hasn't failed me and just takes this like 10 second sample of this drunk guy singing this and just loops that for 45 minutes and has some it's beautiful it's beautiful and it's the exact same thing like you just you hear different rhythms and different like melodies coming in and out of it but it's just the same piece of tape over and over and over again and it's just your mind is coming up is is reinterpreting the melody it's it's, it's basically making the music interesting on its own Mm -hmm. it's your brain doing that right that's very cool yeah it's amazing what happens when you leave space you know that's right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. Very, very cool. <laughs> now we're all like, hey, let's I'm just trying to leave right. space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, can, yeah. can we make the, let's see, let's see how minimalist we can make the podcast. Okay. All right. Um, this is, is nice. Is, is, is the bird clock going to? I know, this well, is usually it, where he would. <laughs> yeah. we, we have 23 minutes. No, it's okay. Let's give it 23 minutes. All right, all right. This is impossible. Wait, can, we, let's see, can, we, can we do this for 600 years? You had a you oh, had a cricket brilliant. in the background at oh, some dude, point. I was waiting that's for the, the cricket to come back out. That's the viral. That's the, like the viral like hook that we need, man. These three idiots are making a podcast <laughs> that's going to last 638 years. They're not talking to each other at all. <laughs> yeah, there's no dialogue. We just hey, leave think, our webcams on, yeah. our microphones hot, yeah. and we walk away. Exactly. We go on with our lives. Yeah. I think I a think, YouTuber think, did that about 15 years ago. <laughs> okay. I think I, I, I heard that in that in 15 days, Jay's going to come downstairs and clear his throat. 
<laughs> we better <gasps> something, <gasps> something to look forward to, guys. Crowd comes in. <laughs> yeah. Well played. All right. Well, <laughs> we don't quite have 638 years. I, I don't think That's our okay. current podcast host is going to let us release episodes quite that long. Squarespace? I don't know. They don't have a bandwidth cap. We can push it. Let's see what happens. I like yeah, it. Let's see what hey, happens. speaking of which, hey, what's the uh, Wolfpack auction up to these days? Ooh. Ooh. Nick, you look that? that up. You got, yeah. You, I'm Nick's, look Nick's that up got right the now. fastest Wi Fi. Go for it. <laughs> and fingers. Click, 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 tap, tap. Oh, yeah. Big, big time fingers. By the way, I'm going to take this opportunity to point out that. Nick's shirt today is really on point and really brings oh out God. his eyes. Oh, thanks, Greg. Really, said something about that, Greg. Yeah, no, the, I, mean, I appreciate really this. Is, you know, for those of you who aren't seeing the video, which you should see. <laughs> Ooh, maron. <laughs> I love you guys. Love you guys. Oh, yeah. Where's that? Where's the bidding at? I actually, I actually threw a bid down, but I don't know if I'm still at the top. Did you? <laughs> Five bucks. Yeah, 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 five bucks. Well, it was it was past that when we aired. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Let's see, I, I don't understand how auctions work. That's the oh. problem. Well, you, you didn't win. Wolfpack sells track ten of upcoming album for seventy thousand dollars. Oh wow! It was sold. Seventy seventy thousand one hundred dollars. Okay. That's that wasn't that's, quite uh, as high as we thought it would be, and we were all talking a hundred thousand at least. It was. Uh, was that? Yeah. Was that like? Thir- was it at thirty or fifty? It was at 50. It was 50. at 50. Okay, all right. Well, it kind of plateaued, I guess. Did they uh, reveal the victor? Let's see. I guess we'll we know can... when the album comes out. <laughs> so the one thing I can tell you is that the individual that purchased it has never bought anything on eBay. So that's, wow, uh, okay. Can't, can't judge based on history. Nope, nope. The only article I found is just saying it did sell, and then it's recapping what the heck is going on. <laughs> Why they were selling this in the first place. Um, so it, it could be you should check it out. It's within it, the realm of possibility. It could be. It could. What, did you want? Do did you guys? I was just kind of hoping Surprise. that Nick maybe <laughs> might have surprised me. Huh? I. I. Huh? You you did give me your credit card that one time, so I might have. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's been a lot of. <laughs> Yeah, we bought it. I'm just kidding. We uh, bought so, it. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, let's Perfect. wrap this up, boys. I, I, So, yeah, I did want to say that the reason I, I brought nice. up Steve Reich uh, was that I saw just kind of an announcement that this Italian guitar player that I'd heard of before uh, named Sergio Sorrentino uh, just came out with a new album where he's playing a whole bunch of works by both John Cage and Steve Reich and a bunch of other kind of minimalist and abstract and avant-garde mm-hmm. um musicians and composers and it's really good the piece that i am going to be playing on the way out is a famous steve reich piece called electric counterpoint three uh fast which has been done by a bunch of guys pat Metheny, i think did it um mm. uh, a bunch of guys have done this it's a really great piece for electric guitar um but sergio sorrentino just this just came out last week and it's really fantastic but uh can, before you can, be, can, before we get to ahead, that Greg. Well, actually, I, actually, I'm sorry. I, oh, for anybody that wants to, you need to check out Sextet by Reich. It's oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Yes. It, it's a piece on vibraphone, six vibraphones. Yeah, and it's it's the yeah, it's fantastic. So if you wanna, if you're interested at all in that, that's that's actually got instruments and stuff like that. It's it's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. No, there's a lot of great stuff by Steve Reich. If you just start exploring, there's a lot of yeah. stuff. There's clapping music. 
Uh, there's the music for 18 musicians. There's a lot of really, really interesting stuff. Very mm -hmm. cool. So thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. you. It's yes, been indeed. a great episode. Yeah, uh, Greg. Indeed. Tell tell yes. the people how they can get in touch with us. All right, YSCIO podcast at gmail dot com. You should check it out dot com. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Facebook. Twitter. Our handle is at should check. And uh, please drop us a line. You know, leave a comment. We're, yeah, we're always uh, we're, we're always putting up uh, links to these episodes and um, trying to deliver you that prime time content you know it. So, you know it and tell yeah, a friend yeah you know if you got yeah. somebody who's like music or uh if you just want to annoy you know yeah send uh send, send them our link or, or leave a review yeah, oh, yeah. that would be huge yeah and like leave uh you know for the for the person in your life who likes to listen to songs that are 640 years long that's mm -hmm. right yeah that's mm -hmm. right <laughs> right <laughs> we're niche but we are millions let me tell you, yeah. we're on the internet, so we know that we know that we're not alone in our niche. <laughs> nope, no doubt. Indeed. All right, boys. Well, thank you so much. We'll see you uh, six hundred years from now, something like that. Ish. That sounds about right. Yeah. All right. Next chord change. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right, boys. We'll see you then. Peace. See you guys. Have a good Later. week.